Part one of session 80 of the Law of One, let's talk here about the spiritual realm in many of its facets. Let's begin. We have a beginning of session 80 talking about various things that are going to bring us into the spiritual realm and then I may get to the matrix of the spirit which is in essence what I really want to get to. Um, I'm gonna have to divide this into two parts. It's not that long of a session as were the previous two but we will have a pretty good discussion on archetypical mind as you might expect and of course in the nature of the metaphysical dimensions let's call it that um, sometimes words do not describe precisely what we're talking about so it's better to get into the material there's only one thing that I'll remind you from last session actually last video where Ra made a mistake and they're going to correct it here and that's basically it. it has to do with the hierophant, um, which is the significator of the mind. And they said it was the significator of the body. So if you remember that, this is the part where they correct that mistake and they say why. And then from there, the conversation goes on. So let's begin because I have nothing to, to say um, but to get straight into the material. So this is one declaration that I never read but this time contains the uh, correction and it is labeled as always the zero um, if you know that all questions are numbered this is statement zero <laughs> it's Ra's opening statement so Ra says I am Ra we greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator before we initiate this working, we would wish to correct an error which we have found in previous material. That archetype 5, which you have called the Hierophant, is the significator of the mind complex. This instrument is prey to sudden flares towards the distortion known as pain. We are aware of your conscientious attempts to aid the instrument, but know of no other modality available to the support group other than the provision of water therapy upon the erect spinal portion of the physical complex, which we have previously mentioned. The instruments or this instrument's distortion of body do not ever rule out, shall we say, such flares during these periods of increased distortion of the body complex. Our contact may become momentarily garbled. Therefore, we request that any information which seems garbled be questioned as we wish this contact to remain as undistorted as the limitations of language, mentality, and sensibility allow. We communicate now. So again, this is the correction and a long explanation as to why the mistake happened. Uh, not something that we are unfamiliar because that is the continuing um, physical distortions that uh, Carla had the instrument in her joints and her her um, her bones, her 
her physical um, structure really and that's where she was having always pain mostly because of arthritis and so this was exacerbated over time for various reasons and one of them is what we're going to get to which is psychic attack which is going to bring us into one of the facets of the spiritual realm that I want to discuss today at least from my limited point of view and I don't think I have much to cover here but to say that uh, again archetype 5 which we should know already is the significator of the mind complex and it's called the Hierophant um, I have to say English being my second language Hierophant sounds a bit funny to me uh, it's almost like a, um, a combination of hierarchy and elephant. Don't ask me why, that's just my childish mind thinking this way. <laughs> so, even I cannot um, truly grasp when I read it. But Hierophant, I wonder if it means the same thing as it does in Spanish. Let's look it up. Thank God for the internet. Funny, it's uh, yeah, it's priests, and it's pronounced the same way in Spanish. Never heard in Spanish, hierofante or herofante, same thing. So all right, um, I think we can. Let's see. There we go. Okay, so let's move on. Where's my next question? First question. First question, Don says, thank you. Could you please give me the condition of the instrument? Ra says, this instrument is experiencing mild fluctuations of the physical energy complex, which are causing sudden changes from physical energy deficit to some slight physical energy. This is due to many, what you may call, prayers and affirmations offered to and by the instrument, offset by continual greetings whenever it is feasible by the fifth density entity of whom you are aware in other respects the instrument is in the previously stated condition so uh, quickly there is a fluctuation between deficit energy that Carla is losing as she was always in a sort of energy deficit uh, bear in mind which I think this is important because especially in nutrition we call uh, a deficit calorie deficit or energy deficit a diet in which you lose weight right and Carla in her channeling weight I think she was like 84 pounds or so I don't know how tall she was I don't think she was very tall either so you can imagine uh, 84 pounds and you can see in the pictures too if you have the books um, I might even have it here if you're on YouTube you'll see that she has are the pictures in volume one? Let's look it up. What do you mean they're not? Yes, they are. I'm sorry. I should be a little bit more. Yeah, I don't edit my videos that much, but you can see there. There it is. Yeah, you see how skinny she was, right? That was her with Jim in an orchard. So very skinny it's 84 pounds um, I think these pictures were taken in 1983 or so so she lost a lot of weight she that is part of the energy deficit or physical energy deficit 
But also there was a slight increase in physical energy due to the prayers and affirmations that she would um, she would make. And also she was offered by, I assume, mostly Don and Jim. So that gave her a little bit more of physical energy uh, via transfer, I suppose. And this is offset by continual greetings whenever it is feasible or possible by the fifth density entity of whom you are aware. That is the uh, entity that was sabotaging the contacts. Um, and so in any other respects, she is as previously stated. So that's it. Let's move on. Don says, I had to leave the room for a forgotten item after we performed a banishing ritual. Does this have a deleterious effect on the ritual or the working? Ra explains, were it the only working, the lapse would have been critical. There is enough residual energy of a protective nature in this place of working that this lapse, though quite unrecommended, does not represent a threat to the protection which the ritual of which you spoke offers. So again, um, I want to uh, mention that um, there's a couple of things here, which is the protection that any um, any seeker who is attempting to contact entities should be aware of, and that is a protection of harmony, love, and devotion to the to the working at least that's my um, my interpretation of what cleansing and purifying the the environment is just being aware that you're doing this um, without fear without that's one of the things that they they didn't have um, at least until the very end when Don um, had his uh, his breakdown. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of harmony, and Ra always mentioned it. There was a lot of love, and harmony, dedication, and lack of fear. So all of these things, um, coupled with rituals, which are, I would say, validations and ways to even feel more um, ready for the work. If you've ever seen. Uh, sports players, they have a sort of ritualistic uh, thing that they do. You know, baseball players, tennis players, golf players, they'll have these little quirks that they perform and that they, you know, that gets them into the zone. Um, so, yes, there is. Um, there is something that needs to be synthesized by the seeker to create a safe environment or protected environment and whatnot. So Ross says that if this was the only working, like, okay, let's just do it, uh, then yes, it would have caused an issue, but because they were so used to it, I assume, right? And that's why Ross says there is enough residual energy of a protective nature in this place of working, because they have worked there for a long time, uh, that this lapse, that basically Don left the room and came back because he forgot something. Uh, 
although quite unrecommended to be done you know don't don't leave the room all the time and think you know it's going to be fine be committed to the work basically well that doesn't represent a threat to the protection uh, at this current session which the ritual of which you spoke offers and that is uh, even more precise to the ritual of the banishing ritual which is what they perform so yeah some tips here and there um, that are important I think I wanted to mention something else which had to do with yes so not only is it important to create your own protective uh, environment that's completely individual whatever you want to use I am not familiar I repeat I've said this several times I am not familiar nor am I interested in these types of ritual channelings and work um, I know of people who are dedicated and devoted to this type of work and I commend them I think it's um, just another service to the creator and that's their calling uh, I just don't feel called for that and so I cannot offer any sort of advice for this nor can I come into any degree of depth of um, helpfulness let's say for people who are interested in this working but I will say that in my readings and what I have seen um, in other people it's always important to uh, be responsible with yourself in this type of work because you're exposing um, your um, your beingness to um, sources which you want to be sure of what you're doing basically um, Carla talked about this a lot because her being a channel she attracted a lot of people who wanted to channel and she taught or guided people that wanted to channel and so she talked about the deleterious effects that actually happened when people took it lightly and they just wanted to communicate with spirits and so on um, you can see the ramifications of this I don't think at this point you need any more of my um, advice and to, as to what to do and how to take it so again I call it just respect for yourself okay so with that being said let's move on Don says in question three has our fifth density visitor been less able to affect the instrument during our more recent workings Ross says we shall answer in two parts firstly during the workings themselves the entity has been baited to a great extent secondly in the general experiential circumstance of your space-time experience this fifth density entity is able to greet this entity with the same effectiveness upon the physical body complex as always since the inception of its contact with your group this is due to the several physical complex distortions of this instrument so uh, let's go into um, the the first answer um, so this uh, this first part when Ross says that uh, Don is asking first and foremost Don is asking if if the fifth density entity has been um, contained what did he say it's about just how have we dealt with the fifth density visitor the, 
the negative entity. Yes. Has it been able to affect the instruments? And just asking how <laughs> I interpret that Don wanted to know, like, okay, I want to know what the progress of this uh, negative entity has been. You know, sometimes I wonder how how do they have so much resolve onto this channeling? Because uh, especially for people who, I mean, they have been channeling for a while, but still, um, they knew they weren't that prepared for this. It was just their devotion that kept them going. And that just makes me admire them even more than, I don't know, Tibetan Buddhists who channel um, their own entities and specific rituals. These guys were committed to something that they didn't know much and they just went on. Like that's, that's just pure devotion to me. Um, so yeah, Don wanted to know what has been the progress of this entity affecting them in their workings. And so Ra says, firstly, that um, during the workings themselves, the entity has been uh, baited or its attempts have been uh, reduced in intensity. Um, um, what's the other word? Pacified It's probably not a right word, but you get the meaning. Um, baited is, is Ross' choice. Of word. Secondly, Ross also says, in the general experiential circumstance of your space-time experience, this fifth density entity is able to greet this entity with the same effectiveness upon the body complex. So, since the inception of the contact, um, so this is simple. <laughs> From the beginning, uh, the entity has been able to pinch Carla. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. Um, just create these physical pain flares that would uh, distract the contact and create some sort of, <laughs> you can see the fifth density negative uh, entity as a sort of spoiled child that wants to just get attention <laughs> or um, distract the attention because it wants its own way. <laughs> it's such a great analogy, I think, um, because that's what it is. You know, if you can't finish, you know, when a child starts screaming and yelling and you don't pay attention to the child, which is not advisable, by the way. <laughs> but you know, that... Um, all right, let, let me not put it as parenthood, but, you know, you have your friends hanging out and then there's this one childish person or kid. This happened in school. He wants attention and starts, you know, saying, hey, hey, hey. And you ignore it, you just say uh, nothing. And then it starts like pulling your hand and so on. That's exactly what the <laughs> what the child, the fifth density negative child is doing. I find it funny. I find it funny. You gotta put humor to life. Can't be too serious. It's deleterious to your own uh, harmony. <laughs> you gotta laugh. All right, so easy. Uh, that's That's what it's been doing. Raw finishes and says, however, this instrument has become more mentally and spiritually able to greet this entity with love, thereby reducing the element of fear, which is an element the entity counts as a great weapon in the attempt to cause cessation in any degree of the raw contacts. So, um, despite these uh, 
attempts to just keep poking at Carla, Carla has become more mentally and spiritually able to send love to this uh, phenomenon. Let's just call it a phenomenon. Uh, I'll expand on this word that I just used to refer to the fifth density entity, negative entity attack. Let's call it a phenomenon. Um, thereby reducing the element of fear. See? Um, this is important because fear is a lack of understanding that you are that and that it's okay. It's okay to feel that. It's okay to, um, to experience that. See, you, you're not... Um, fear, like any other negative emotion, is a resistance. Yes? And a resistance to what? To what is. And what is, is you. That is you. Not as you define yourself, clearly, because you're in resistance, given your definition of self. So you're in resistance to that which is because you have a definition of self. If you have no definition of self, then you have no fear because there is no resistance to it. Uh, and of course, I'm not talking about fear as in a surprise. You know, like uh, something jumps at you and you scream. <laughs> it's more of a reaction than mental fear. You get my meaning. So that fear that is caused by there's a negative entity attacking me, that fear that it's generated, that's what the negative entity wants. You know, it feeds off of that. So um, you, you don't want to uh, give in to this fear and just want to love it. But how do you love it? That's the biggest question. So, um, yes, important words here at the end when they say fear is the element, the, um, the entity counts, the negative entity, as a great weapon in the attempt to cause cessation in any degree of the raw contact. That was its purpose. And we're going to explore it a little bit more. So let's go on. Question four, Don says, what is the reason for the fact that the entity is able to act through physical distortions that are already present as opposed to being unable to act on an entity who's had no physical distortions at all? Good question. Ross says, the key to this query is the term distortion. Any distortion, be it physical, mental, or spiritual in complex nature, may be accentuated by the suggestion of one able to work magically that is to cause changes in consciousness so let's expand on this um first the question is pretty good um and don is actually going to go deeper into this line of question which i like uh, but initially he's asking about uh, the reason why the entity is able to attack uh, the physical complex uh, that are already present as opposed to being a unable to act on an entity who's had no physical distortions at all so why is it easier to attack those parts that are sensible and in, instead of those on another entity that has no distortions so Ra initially says that the key query here uh, the key 
to this query is term is the term distortion. Any distortion, being physical, mental, or spiritual, may be accentuated by the suggestion of one able to work magically, that is, to cause changes in consciousness, to modify the way things are perceived, to create illusions out of what is. That is those are changes in consciousness. So if you see, when we talk about magic, um, before we define it as magic is being able to make changes in consciousness um, at will, I think Ra said, and I, I subscribe to that idea. That to me is magic, being able to change, to make changes in consciousness at will. So a little background here, we're talking about a fifth density negative entity, which is a master in terms of magical abilities, or at least is working also within the realm of fifth density, which is magical uh, using these, uh, using this knowledge. As far, as far as I understand, that's mostly um, the expertise of the fifth density negative entity. Um, there is a lot of material to suggest that the fourth density negative entity or positive entity is working towards the um, training, um, specializing or improving its magical abilities. And so at fifth density, they are able to work magically uh, easier. And that's basically the way they polarize, it seems, or the main way they polarize, um, both positive and negative, of course, depending on, on polarity. So, um, Ra is saying that no matter if it's physical, mental, or spiritual in nature, uh, this will be accentuated by the suggestion of a negative entity that is able to work uh, magically upon the entity and that is that is the the setting let's just say there is a distortion there are many distortions in all of us physical spiritual and mentally and so any negative entity will be able to work on those to maintain or even distort further that what now what is the distortion I would suggests that is a uh, turning of polarity, of your own polarity. Um, there are many ways in which this can be done. So if you're a positive being, that would mean that you turn your polarity either towards the negative, and I think that would be the most beneficial for the negative entity. Uh, you stagnate or you stop doing what you're doing in terms of uh, progress in unity. So you get stuck again in the illusion. That's one. Um, these changes in consciousness are because you're progressing towards the light, so to speak, and the negative entity wants to stop you from progressing there, right? Um, I want to throw in a, a big, big uh, caveat here as I speak in this language. There is a tendency which I believe is natural in um, anybody to start listening to words like the ones I'm saying and begin to create a sort of victimhood mentality here to, and start 
saying, oh, it's the negative entity that is causing this. It's the negative entity that is doing this to me. You see, I am prey to these negative entities that won't leave me alone. This is precisely what the negative entity is doing. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, you see, there is a an assumption of separation here embedded in this reaction, in this tendency to uh, feel a victim of other negative entities, demons that are surrounding me and causing this. So it's very subtle, you see, uh, for you to go into that victimhood mentality and um, it's all right. It's nothing to be um, to beat your head uh, over and over because this is happening. Although if you're doing that, then okay, <laughs> do that, observe that, and um, see its falsehood. And so you you want to take responsibility for what is happening. You see, you don't want to separate yourself further from these entities that is giving the love that this phenomenon that I called before is naturally uh, allergic to. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Now, you see, I, I can prevent you from seeing yourself as the victor once again over the entities and look like uh, Archangel Michael, you know, with the sword pointing at the devil as it tramples on him. Well, that's up to you if you want to feel that way. But that's not love, you see. <laughs> I don't feel like Archangel Michael truly is with a flaming sword trying to stab the demon in the back. Rather, it's just giving it love and saying, <laughs> stop, stop playing with me. You know you love me. You see, that kind of thing. So it's really independent on how, individual I should say, that how you deal with this, but I will warn you that, that there is a tendency to become uh, separate from this, uh, from this view of negative entities and say, oh, they are the ones I need to overcome this. Well, the way you overcome it is um, by embracing it, by saying, yes, that's, that's, that's it. You know, that's, that's okay. There is no, I can't tell you the method. Uh, just bring acceptance to the situation and notice your resistance to it. Maybe that's a better way to see it. Notice your resistance to accept that which is. So, okay, this will continue on as we continue with the, with the questions. Let's see what else Ra has to say. This entity has many physical distortions. Each in the group has various mental distortions. Their nature varies. The less balanced the distortion by self-knowledge, the more adeptly the entity may accentuate such a distortion in order to mitigate against the smooth functioning and harmony of the group. So, awesome. The less balanced the distortion by self-knowledge, the more adeptly the entity may accentuate such a distortion in order to mitigate against the smooth functioning and harmony of the group. Whew, what a, <laughs> what a phrase. Um, or paragraph, maybe, I don't know. 
So, okay, Ra is just simply saying, Carla has many physical distortions. We know that. Uh, everybody else, which is just Don and Jim, have, um, and Carla too, has various mental distortions, okay? Their nature varies. Fine. Here's the point, though. The less balanced the distortion by self-knowledge, okay, so if your distortion, um, I don't know, let's say you are, you like solitude, that's your distortion, that's a mental distortion, you enjoy solitude, okay, uh, that's a distortion, that's not to say that that is a bad thing. I don't think at session 80 I should be defining the word distortion anymore. <laughs> distortion being just an inclination, uh, a manifestation, a way in which the light is um, colored. So the less balance, you have to balance your distortions. Whatever you have, whatever you are, be in balance with that. Become whole. That's what holy means. You're a holy person. You're whole. That's where it comes from, right? So hold means balance. In everything that you are, you're fine. You know yourself. That's why they use self-knowledge here. So if, I, if I reverse it and say the more balanced the distortion is by self-knowledge, then the better you are with yourself. But they're talking about what the negative entity will do. So let's go back to what Ra says. The less balanced this distortion is by self-knowledge, then the more adeptly the negative entity may accentuate such a distortion, right? Distort it. Um, in this case, um, turn it into something that is not. See? Bring up an illusion out of it and deviate it from what it's supposed to be. In order to mitigate against the smooth functioning and harmony of the group, in this case, they're talking about uh, Carla, Don, and Jim. So, the less balanced you are, the easier it is for these negative phenomenons to affect you in moving towards the light, like I said. So, once again, the key word is acceptance of what is, of what you are. That's everything. That's all your thoughts. That's all your actions. And that's all your past, all your tendencies, everything. That is the key. Acceptance of all of that. Then you don't have to worry about, well, I keep having these um, negative thoughts because it is the negative entities who are producing. It's not me. It has nothing to do with me. It's the negative entity who's doing it. And not me, of course. <laughs> take responsibility. Take ownership. And accept everything as saying, yes, this is all me. This is all great. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it. There's a little resistance there, you see. And that's what's causing the repeating cycle of the emotion. And, you know, that works well for the negative side of the creator, which wants to experience itself as a negative entity. I want to mention something else that this, what I'm saying, is also mirrored by um, something that I didn't read this until I actually saw it in book five, where Jim and Carla were talking about it. And this was 
way after i never read book five to be honest i always skipped the commentary because i just wanted to get into the the material but when i read it i was surprised to find that uh, they also um, especially because people people in metaphysics and in spirituality again have this natural tendency to begin to see themselves as a um a victim of the universe and saying my god all these negative entities are out there to get me and so you become prey to them because you have shown that fear you see um, i want to give a quick anecdote if i can get away with it pretty quick um when i up, up until my age 36 i was completely in the dark literally on um on the actually figuratively my son just corrected that for me thank you <laughs> uh, figuratively i was in the dark with my my perception of all these things of what what was the negative uh demons and um demi urge and all these things when i became aware of this aspect of reality metaphysics and you know, uh, spirit, angel. I didn't believe. I didn't believe in reincarnation. I didn't even believe in the soul. <laughs> that, that's who I was. Uh, that's awesome. Four years ago. A little bit more than four years ago. And um, when I opened up my eyes to all of this, a fear overtook me. Uh, probably a week after, when I realized that all the fear that I have when I was a kid all my fears about negative entities and demons and affecting me and all of this. Um, they came back and I started to be afraid of the dark again, like a little kid. Just going down to the basement? No, thank you. <laughs> that was me. And I started... It's almost like all of these childhood fears rushed over me. And I... I mean, I wasn't um, hysteric about it, but I was afraid. I could feel this fear that I was, was so old in me, and it came back. I remember having a dream, which um, there were some entities working on my forehead, and which was very weird. And in this dream, they work on my forehead and they said, don't open your eyes. And I, you know, it's just in dreams, nobody talks. It's just information that has been there. And they said, if you open your eyes, then we have to stop working. And I felt so much at peace that I just shut my eyes and I did want to open them a little bit to see what they were doing. And they warned me again and so i just closed my eyes and that, that was it for the dream um then it, it wasn't magically this was all within a week right um, me re recovering my fears from the past or reliving my fears that was all within a week the dream and then a couple of days later I somehow realized that I had nothing to be afraid of. 
it was just like a dawning in me that said they have no power over you you are it I mean you are you are this who you are is way bigger than what those things expect you to be and suddenly my fear just went away something that was sort of present there but just repressed because of my scientific mind for decades and it just went away but the the result of that has been a something that i always go back to when when i see fear in people about these things and i try to um to bring some solace to to their fear because everybody has to face them you know one way or another in my case it was just this realization it was just like logic as you know i work a lot with logic so i said well i just realized what i am so uh i would why would i be afraid of something that is not what i am um that was my initial reaction and then within the law of one it just became so clear that i am also that and I am everything. And then non-duality came over and that was just like, okay, <laughs> the icing on the cake. I don't need I don't need anything else to know that fear is just this this funny, funny feeling of resistance. So alright, let's move on. Question five, Don says, as Ra well knows, the information that we accumulate here will be illuminating to but a very minor percentage of those who populate this planet presently, simply because there are very, very few people who can understand it. However, it seems that our fifth density visitor is, shall we say, dead set against this communication. He continues on and says, can you tell me why this is so important to him, since it is of such a limited effect, I would guess, upon the harvest of this planet? since it seems to me that those who will understand this information will quite possibly already be within the limits of harvestability. This is a great question, actually, because uh, it wants, Don wants to know, okay, so we're channeling this information. This information is going to be only useful to a very minor um, sector of the population who is interested in spirituality. Um, and those who are interested are probably at the limits of harvestability like they're already there so why why would this negative entity uh want to continue to stop this like is it trying to prevent uh, these people who are already harvestable what is it going to gain so it's a really really good question i love it and so ross says purity does not end with the harvest of third density the fidelity of Ra towards the attempt to remove distortions is total. This constitutes an acceptance of responsibility for service to others, which is of relative purity. The instrument through which we speak and its support group have a similar fidelity in disregarding any inconvenience to self, desire to serve others. Big disclaimer here. Um, I am going to interpret this in a way that is just my current view and this may change but i think i am i've i've held this for a while and uh it, it may change in the future who knows but it just again it's just my interpretation but i just feel very strong about this 
Um, okay, so what I interpret Ra saying here is that purity does not end with harvest of third density. Okay, that's that's a statement. The purity of the contact does not end with the harvest of third density. Let's revisit what harvest of third density is. It is a giving, uh, an acceptance of self to others. That is what we call service to others, right? This, in essence, is the renunciation of the limited self that you believe you are. By doing this, you become more aligned with who you truly are. You start doing what you love. You're called to these things. And so by being who you are, just simply being who you are, you don't have to seek any sort of service. You are already the service. In fact, you are serving the creator by being who you are. That's the biggest service, not others. There are no others. There is only self, you see? And so some of you may be saying, you're saying service to self there, Gabe. That's not true. Because when you are yourself, well, if you are service to self and you go that path, then yeah, you're, you're being service to self, uh, literally. But in the service to others, there is service to self because there is only one self. And this is something that Ra explained as why the positive path is so powerful because it is service to self at the same way that it's service to others. But it is not a defined self. It is just the one self that exists, which you cannot define. You can simply be, you see? So, um, why did I go all this way here? So, okay, that is the, the harvest of third density. You become that. However, the fidelity of Ra towards the attempt to remove distortions is total. So Ra wants to, in this contact, they don't just want to do this. They don't just want to give information about uh, how to be yourself and encourage you and this inspirational uh, channeling that we're so used to in New Age, which is it's very needed, I have to say. It's uh, perhaps most needed than the raw material, I have to admit. Some people say, Oh, everybody should get with the law of one and the raw material. I don't think this is for everybody. I think this is <laughs> there's a reason why few people are interested in this, uh, which shouldn't inflate anybody's ego. It's just how it is. Uh, just like some people may say, oh, there's not many people interested in accelerating particles in, uh, in a particle accelerator. No, <laughs> that's a very niche kind of thing. Same thing, doesn't make them superior than anybody else. So deflate the ego, please. All right, this constitutes an acceptance of responsibility for service to others, which is of relative purity, indeed. The instrument through which we speak and its support group have a similar fidelity and disregarding any inconvenience to self, desire to serve others. So that purity of service is represented not only in raw, but in, of course, Don, Carla, and Jim. That's the group. Um, so that that brings the level of purity of contact to a higher degree, which is sixth density, of course, as we know. 
Ra finishes and says, due to the nature of the group, the queries made to us by the group have led rapidly into somewhat abstruse regions of commentary, abstruse being uh, difficult to understand or to explain. This content does not mitigate against the underlying purity of the content. Such purity is as a light. Such an intensity of light attracts attention. So once again, we see the same thing that Ra has referred to in the past when they talked about the nature of attracting negative entities as well as positive entities that want to preserve the contact. And it really is up to the free will of the group and their distortions to continue one way or the other. So, um, The quick summary of this is that you become um, a channel for light and that light attracts attention. The nature of that light or the intensity of that light depends on the type of information that is being channeled. And so uh, several people have approached me with channelings, even <laughs> you, you would laugh, somebody actually sent me ChatGPT uh, channeling raw which was interesting to read. <laughs> uh, the message was just very uh, copy-paste, I would say, in a, or not copy-paste, but copy-rearrange-paste <laughs> by ChatGPT, which was interesting. Um, and that's it. You know, there is uh, ChatGPT channeling. I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, and so what I say to these people, and you know, send me all kinds of things. Oh, we're channeling this entity, what do you think? Uh, I read this channeling, what do you think? I always say, uh, check the message. If it truly resonates with you, then that's, that's it. You know, that's probably better than the raw material. It doesn't matter if it's just saying, you know, you are light, you are uh, a pure being you have no mistakes, uh, whatever it is that it's saying, I think it's, um, it's it's great depending on how much of an impact it has to you. So that is the intensity of the light. There's a reason why the raw contact is regarded for being such a pure source of information for metaphysics and other things. And that is the nature of six density, which I don't think we have seen ever. Uh, if anything, we have seen a step down of this information, like the ones of Kuo offer, which is a step down from Sixth Density and does contain some of, of the gist of it. But in any case, that's what attracts the attention and it's an appropriate attention depending on the intensity of the light that will uh, seek to do something which we're going to explore now. In question six, Don says, what would our fifth density visitor hope to gain for himself if he were to be successful in terminating this contact? And they have talked about this before. Ross says, as we have previously stated, the entity hopes to gain a portion of that light. That is the mind-body-spirit complex of the instrument. Bearing this, the entity intends to put out the light. Um, I'm just going to read the next one because it overlaps. Don says, I understand this up to a point. That point is 
if the entity were successful in either of these attempts of what value would this be to him? Would it increase his ability? Would it increase his polarity? By what mechanism would it do whatever it does? Ra explains, having attempted to for some of your space-time with no long-lasting result to these things, the entity may be asking the same question, <laughs> or this question of itself. The gain for Triumph is an increase in negative polarity to the entity in that it has removed a source of radiance and thereby offered to this space-time the opportunity of darkness, where there was once light. In the event that it succeeded in enslaving the mind-body-spirit complex of the instrument, it would have enslaved a fairly powerful entity, thus adding to its power. Okay, so... Um, first question was done asking, okay, what would hope to, to gain? This was, as Ra said, they have said it in the past. There are a couple of things. They want to... The biggest gain would be to displace Carla's mind-body-spirit complex, basically recruit that mind-body-spirit complex to the dark side. Let me just put it that way. The second would be to terminate the contacts, finish it. No more of this. Stop talking, stop channeling this light. I don't think they're at all interested in you know, keeping the planet, even though that's an, a side effect, I think they're more interested in showing, um, in a way, that's what the negative polarity is, you know, it's showing superiority over what they can do, right? We see this in third density, we don't have to go to fourth, fifth, sixth density <laughs> to see this. That's the negative entity wants to show, you know, how much power it has over others. And so, um, that's that's another possibility and the last one would be just to discredit them discredit them so they would start channeling something else and say oh you know uh, my friend as Andriha Andriha Puharik I think was his name sometimes would ask questions that were of a transient nature if they would have continued there they would have gotten into uh, I don't know earthquakes and things like that who knows the contact would have diluted itself into something else so all of that was what they were seeking right that's why Ross says the entity hopes to gain a portion of that light that is the mind-body-spirit complex of the instrument so at once the mind-body it's a useful instrument you see the purity with which it serves would be great for the negative legions let's just call it that way um, but then Don wants clarification as to, you know, what is the mechanism? How does it work? And so it's funny that Ross says, <laughs> having attempted for some of your space time for a while, uh, with no long lasting results to these things, to do these things, like the entity was trying, 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 and to no avail, <laughs> the entity may be asking this question of itself, like, what am I trying to gain here? <laughs> um, the gain for triumph is an increase in negative polarity, as we might have known already, to the entity in that it has removed a source of radiance and then offer the opportunity of darkness where there, there was once light. Well, you see, that that's clear. That's, um, 
what terminating the contacts both you know if they they gain the mind body spirit complex of Carla and and or they terminate the contact then that source of light would have been snuffed out so that is an increasing negative polarity like I said just showing their power over others in the event that it succeeded in in enslaving the mind body spirit complex of the instrument it would have enslaved a fairly powerful entity thus adding to its power that would be the biggest thing so these are of course the, um, the desires for for the negative entity to add to this negativity quite simple let's move on Don has a long statement and question here. He <clears throat> says, I'm sorry for my lack of penetration for off these mechanisms, and I apologize for some rather stupid questions, but I think we have here a point that is somewhat central to what we have or are presently attempting to understand. So even though my next questions may be almost unacceptably stupid, I will attempt to try to understand what this power that our visitor seeks is and how he uses it. For it seems to me that this is central to the mind and the evolution of it in which we are involved. Wow. Okay, so the question is, as this entity that is our visitor increases his power through these works, what is the power that he increases? Can you describe it? Well, here's a pretty good description. And I think we'll end this video with this. Ross says, the power of which you speak is a spiritual power. The powers of the mind as such do not encompass such works as these. You may, with some fruitfulness, consider the possibilities of moonlight. You are aware that we have described the matrix of the spirit as a night. The moonlight, then, offers either a true picture seen in shadow or chimera and falsity. The power of falsity is deep, as is the power to discern truth from shadow. The shadow of hidden things is an infinite depth in which is stored the power of the one infinite creator. I'll finish reading. The adept, then, is working with the power of hidden things illuminated by that which can be false or true. To embrace falsity, to know it, to seek it, and to use it, gives a power that is most great. This is the nature of the power of your visitor and may shed some light upon the power of one who seeks in order to serve others as well. For the missteps in the night are, oh, so easy. Okay great way to finish this i don't think if this is where i wanted to finish let me just check no it's not but okay maybe we'll read the last question but this one's going to take me a little while so maybe we'll finish here <sighs> let's describe the power of the negative entity and at the same time shed some light on the matrix of the spirits how about that Win-win. So what is the power that the negative entity is receiving? This is a spiritual power. 
I'll, I'm going to give my spin before I reread Ra's answer. Um, it's a spiritual power to me, because especially in fifth density, mental work seems to be uh, quite polished. So you're focusing a lot on spiritual power. Spiritual power is a contact, as far as I understand it, is a contact with intelligent infinity or with the creator. That which is, that gives life to everything. In the negative path, you are increasing the view or perspective of separation as a means to feel the creator. You see, there's a difference in feeling separate. Let's call third density here. There's a difference between feeling separate and sad, loneliness, all these things, right? There's a difference in that and feeling separate and rejoicing in that separation. That's the negative path. So you want to increase in the negative path that feeling of being separate and happy with it. The only way you can do this is by putting things into control because separation produces this natural tendency to want to survive, to want to uh, feel a um, a, a very important source that needs to prevail. You see, and so extrapolated this to other densities. It's all about creating this power, creating this power over the creation. It's not others. It's just things that are there. It's not really you. You see, it's other things that need to put under control, and I need to have power over them. That's just a natural thing that happens in this mentality. So the negative polarity, when exacerbated and taken to the higher dimensions, if you will, um, will continue to stick along this line, that spiritual power over the creation, over others. And yes, it, it all has to do with this feeling of separation, which is uh, fed and you rejoice in that separation. And again, there's a huge difference between feeling separated because you know you're a positive being. In the core of your being, you know that you are all of this, that you everything is perfect and one and so on, but you feel separate. You see, that's that's the greatest sorrow of, of third density, the anguish of most people who are spiritually inclined, but are so sick of society and people and all of this, they feel separated from them and that hurts them. So they don't know that their own definition of themselves is hurting them. And that is the path that many are taking. And I, I think, I believe that this is what Ra calls, um, why they call themselves the brothers and sisters of sorrow, because they feel this call. And it's almost like they want to tell people the reason why you're suffering is because you're defining yourself as a separate being. And you unconsciously know that you're not. 
It's almost like your heart is screaming. No, we're not separate, but your intellect is saying, look at all the separation. Look at the world, how it is. Look at people, how they treat me and so on. This is a very depressing pit in which a lot of people fall. And it creates this sorrowful um, drama, let me call it. Because in the end, we're all fine. It's all well. But anyhow, that's my view. Let's go back to Ra. When they say the powers of the mind as such do not encompass such works as these. I would think that's because there is a fifth density at this point. Like I said, you may with some fruitfulness consider the possibilities of moonlight. Now they're getting poetic here to describe an illustration of moonlight, shining light on the landscape. You are aware that we have described the matrix of the spirit of the spirit as a night. Beautiful, yes. The moonlight then offers either a true picture seen in shadow or chimera in, in falsity. So the moon, I, then they're not saying here, but I think the moon is related to the experience of the, the spirit. I'll have to check it out. Um, so the moonlight offers either a true picture seen in shadow or chimera and falsity. So in this little phrase, there is, uh, they're talking about the matrix of the spirit being just primeval darkness. There's just pure unknowing. You don't know anything. You can't see anything, right? Then there is the catalyst of the spirit, which is lightning. Um, or is that the potentiator? I forget already. <laughs> um, but you see, there's always an element of light in in the spirit, in the, the cycle of the spirit, the archetypical mind. Um, and so uh, there is this, um, this moonlight that offers either a true picture. See, this light, this experience of the spirit um, is light that can either show you true or truth or falsity chimera chimera is it's a beautiful word to use here because it shows something that is made out of two and they seem opposite to each other right they seem different they're made out of two duality and falsity i should say here right that's what chimera mean, means in this context. Philosophically is, uh, chimera philosophically is used to describe something that appears to be something, but it's not. That's why Ra uses as falsity uh, as a synonym. And so by the moonlight, you can either see what is true or given to falsity, you see? Then they say the power of falsity is deep, as is the power to discern truth from shadow. So discerning truth out of this possible duality, that is powerful. The shadow of hidden things is an infinite depth in which is stored the power of the one infinite creator. Wow. The shadow of hidden things is an infinite depth in which is stored the power of the one infinite creator. 
naturally uh, when infinity is hidden and that which is infinite manifests itself as a finite being it can explore itself infinitely you see it but it needs to it cannot lift the shadow see if it lifts the shadow then there is no game <laughs> there is no seeking that's why the seeking is um, in the sense of um, seeking the creator is an infinite path um, I call most of my work the end of seeking and I'll clarify that by saying that the end of seeking in the context context that I use it is the end of seeking yourself externally see that's the seeking that we're all doing without knowing it and we're suffering in the seeking seeking the creator should not be something that you suffer and if you suffer that's a sign that you don't know what you're looking for yet and so that's why I call it the end of seeking and the beginning of exploration because that which you call seeking which was the path becomes available to you for exploration in any case uh, beautiful words here Ra finishes um, did I read this already yes I did the adept then is working with the power of hidden things illuminated by that which can be false or true so the adept who is um, trying to discern uh, truth or false is working in in darkness it's working with the power of hidden things hmm. to embrace falsity so first yeah that's the adept the adept is the one who is uh, trying to polarize right and so it needs a compass it needs something to guide it to discern between falsity and true now the negative adept is the one that embraces falsity who knows it who seeks it and uses it to gives power uh, or and use and to use it gives a power that is most great yes to to follow all of this negative path is of course a great one this is the nature of the power of your visitor and may shed some light upon the power of one who seeks in order to serve others as well so there is a huge power both ways um, but it depends on what your compass is and what do you discern as uh, true or false and the mistake missteps in the night are oh so easy so it's um it's a fascinating path for all of us um, it's it, this is why to me the most important thing to say and it's not just to say it intellectually but to know it to realize is how little you know <laughs> how little can you um, can you know of true things there is only one truth and that is that we are all on the same um, fabric of reality the fabric of you is the same fabric as me what is woven on top of this fabric if I can continue using that word is different it's always different but the very fabric in which we're all woven into we're all the same that is the only truth that is the one truth that I can 
um, I can say non-conceptually and I can show you non-conceptually that that is true. The power in there is infinite and how you explore it, that's what Ra is talking about here. Um, that's how you use this power of knowledge. It's up to you, but that is the only truth. And you see, this is not a positive path nor a negative path. It's just the only path that exists that brings you to unity. We're talking about unity here, so we're not talking about positive or negatives. There is no polarity there. However, how you wield this power, how you use it for yourself and for others, that's what determines what we call positive and negative entities within the creation. And so that's my that's my way to synthesize all of this. Um, I may reread this. Man, this, this session is packed with good stuff. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I'll see if I can finish this in the next session. Or not session, but parts. But conclusions. There's a couple of things that I wanted to get to, especially with question 10. Question 10 is great. We'll have to leave that for the next episode. Uh, the view of spirit. Our spiritual views of reality. That's something that comes up a lot in this first part and continues actually in the conversation here because we're going to get into the matrix of the spirit how we perceive the spiritual realm is something that will define the way in which we relate to the creation so this is a totally independent um, interpretation and as long as it gives power to you in your um, understandings and feeling at ease with what is then that's great there's no way for me to say this is the way in which the spiritual realm is what I can point out is the incongruencies that again I found fascinating that Jim and Carla talked about when referring to the negative entities and saying that it was the realization that that negative entity was themselves. Like all of this that they were feeling was themselves, especially Carla, not um, a negative entity that they needed to put the, the guilt to. They to say, oh, it's a negative entity that is causing all of this to me. You see? So, it's taking that responsibility, I feel, that whatever it is that you, you're creating in your mind that these negative entities are, or positive entities, all of this, that's one thing that if you see them as separate beings, so you will create that environment within your mind. You will create that environment within your own um, landscape of the creation. There is separation. I am here and they are there. Is that a bad thing? 
not really. Um, I think that's how we'd like to, to live, but at some point it becomes a, a problem. It has to become a problem that we need to solve and overcome, which is how do I collapse this? How, how am I the same thing as the positive and the negatives? And so how we do it is completely individual again, but that has to be done. If you want to approach this sense of equanimity where there is no, no fear, there is no, um, no culprit, no victim, there is just what is. This is not the path that many seek because many like to um, continue coloring their experience with uh, other entities and uh, paths and discoveries and improvements and all of these things. That's not my path, but I recognize the, the fun and the beauty in it. I'm not against it. I am just a proponent and a guide into the equanimous feeling of simply being. Because everything that we seek in all of our paths is this. They all come down to one thing, which is to abide in this peace. That's what we yearn for, to know that everything is fine. When we have any sort of struggle with life and its vicissitudes, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for ourselves in that acceptance, in that relaxation of saying, knowing, not saying, just simply knowing that everything is fine, that despite the pain and what we see as suffering, yes, everything is fine. And that empowers you tremendously. That's what I associate with this power of seeing the light, that source of light being you, it's inequivocal. There is non, there is no logical argument against the fact that you are the source of happiness and peace. What we seek. If you are that source, then why do we look elsewhere? That is the source of light. Um, some people may say, well, that's your own interpretation. Uh, yes, experientially it is. It's, I haven't found anything so um, enlightening in the true sense of the word as that which is me, which is also you. It's not me as an individual, it's what we all are, what the plants are, what the stars are, what the grains of dust are, and so on. All of this is the very fabric of reality, and it's you. So that is at least my uh, direction. That's my compass and how I, I feel that this is, this is the, it's not the end goal of the spiritual path. The spiritual path can be anything, but it is the undeniable truth. And if you can wield the undeniable truth, then you have all the power in the world. What you do with that power, it's up to you but at least it's there. It's not a positive, it's not a negative power. It's just pure power. And it's up to you what you do with it. 
With that being said, I come to the end of this first part. I appreciate you. Time went on really fast. That's impressive. I really wanted to get to the next questions, but I didn't. I'll do them in the next part. So thank you so much. Again, if you haven't been following me on my work that I do on Instagram, which is an, uh, an expansion of what I'm doing also with all my work, go check it out, see what I'm doing there, uh, what I'm posting. Um, it's, um, it's a different kind of content and it also explains my own uh, guidance that I'm doing, my own teachings. And guess what? You can also contact me there and tell me, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> um, so thank you uh, for listening. I appreciate you. And I'll see you in part two of session 80.